0: Good morning. Uh, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called Encourage, Disciple, and Challenge the People of God. Today is November the 17th, and we have just wrapped up our study in the book of Acts together. Uh, Forty sessions in total, uh, but uh, we finally wrapped up the book. I was going to just give some concluding thoughts today. Um, in regards to the book, uh, nothing too deep, just kind of a wrap-up. Uh, I am uh, looking at going over into the book of Galatians, um, but uh, I'm going to just need some time to get my thoughts around that. Understand that um, when, you, when you see the book of Acts, when you, become to, when you come to see the book of Acts as a transitional book, Uh, When you come to see it as a transition from Peter to Paul, from Jerusalem to Antioch, from the kingdom gospel to the grace gospel, um, it affects everything. Uh, It affects every other book in the Bible. Um, You begin to see the Old Testament for what it is, which is prophecies foretelling um, the future Messiah and the restoration of the kingdom, and nothing more. Uh, You don't see the church. Uh, You're not going to see me teaching another series from the Song of Solomon on Christ and his bride, (laughs) Uh, because I don't believe that bride is the church. The church was hidden uh in it was a mystery, no one knew what it was. The Old Testament prophets didn't know what it was. Moses didn't know what it was uh it was revealed exclusively and uniquely to the apostle Paul. so to look into the Old Testament and try to read the church into it is um you know it's uh I guess I said Jesus. <laughs> it's uh, reading something there and exegesis taking something out uh, that is really not there. Once you begin to see um, uh, the, the, the purpose of the book of Acts um, and the separation of the church from Israel, from the, the, pro- the, the prophecy, uh, from the mystery. It 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 shapes everything. It's not just the Book of Acts that is affected. It's everything else in the Bible. Uh, The Gospels become uh, not about the church. Uh, You don't um, you don't read things into it like enduring to the end, and those that endure will be saved. And um, yeah, the Gospels aren't about the church. Uh, Jesus wasn't addressing the church. Uh, The apostles were never told to address the church. They went nothing but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, uh, preaching the kingdom gospel, which was the kingdom of heaven is nigh. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is nigh. And then in Acts, again, Acts is where that kingdom is actually presented. And then uh, the Pauline epistles uh, is where um, the grace gospel begins to take its full shape. I was, um, And then, of course, Hebrews through Revelation. Um, once you realize that the 12 never preached the grace gospel, then how can you back the grace gospel into Hebrews through Revelation? Because it was written by them. <laughs> With the possible exception of Hebrews, uh, which I do not necessarily believe were, was Pauline, some do. you know, some say Apollos. we don't know for sure. Um, some guys are pretty dogmatic. I don't there's not room for much dogmatism in regards to the book of Hebrews at all. but again, so as we roll into the book of Galatians, um, you know, I need some time to kind of, Get my head around all of that and its implications. Um, I am not dogmatic on anything uh, at this point in my life. Uh, I told a young college kid several years ago if you'd have asked me that question, um, you know, five years ago, I would have had an answer. Uh, now I just simply don't. I realize that uh, I have been seeing the Bible through a filter. And we all see the Bible through a filter. We see everything through filter. We see politics through filter. Our worldview is a filter that's been given to us. Um, that's why we speak with such broad stroke generalities and stereotypes when we talk about people and situations and things. And, you know, our, our only um, biting um, anchor is the Scripture, uh, it's the only thing that is errant, is inerrant, and even then, we have to be careful that we're not filtering it. Um, and it's a marvelous thing when that filter begins to be removed. Of course, once you once you start venturing outside the filter, uh, that's when people start labeling you as um, you know all kinds of things. <laughs> But as long as we don't violate the scripture, um i I think we're safe, you know, and of course uh, no man is in this thing alone. you know, there's guys that I love to study and read some of them I just you know I just don't really take seriously, but then I see something and I'm like, oh wow what he had mentioned that so maybe you know maybe uh maybe I wasn't that far outside of uh um, scripture there. Uh, some guys I like to listen to, and I'm just going to give kind of a, a conclusion, wrap up, if you will, the book of, of the Book of Acts, and um, then I'm just going to go silent for a few days as I kind of get my my mind uh, wrapped around um, the Book of Galatians and where to go from there. Um, some some studies that I would encourage you to. Some folks that I think would help you in your studies, um, you know, going forward. Um, Let's see, uh, Brian Ross, I really do enjoy listening to Brian Ross at Grace Life Bible Church, um, gracelifebiblechurch.com. He's up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, Very good. Uh, you can just tell he's an intellectual, he's smarter than I'll ever be uh, especially when it comes to breaking down theology. Um, he really focuses on the on the 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 transmission of scripture, the inerrancy of scripture uh, very strong. you know I was raised a King James only, um, Now I would classify myself as King James Preferred. I do believe that it is the best translation in the English language today, and I believe there's something supernatural about that. I don't believe that the the church went without a Bible for 400 years until we were blessed uh, with the the Revised Standard Version. I think it's kind of arrogant to assume that. Um, I think the church did pretty good for those 400 years. Uh, probably better than it's doing now. Uh, so uh, Brian, um, uh, he's he's a guy I'd recommend you guys check out. Uh, Brian Ross, Grace Life Bible Church. Um, another guy, Randy White. Uh, I really enjoy Randy. Uh, Randy pastors First Baptist Church of Taos, New Mexico. His his uh, webpage is randywhiteministries.org randywhiteministries.org. And I'll place these links down in the, uh, down below the video, randywhiteministries.org. Randy is another intellectual, um, very smart, very smart guy. Um, I enjoy his teaching. I'd recommend you guys check it out. He's deep. Uh, there's nothing shallow <laughs> about Randy. Be prepared to go into the, uh, to the rapids with him. Uh, Another guy that I just really enjoy is Les Feldick. Les Feldick, uh, my only frustration with Les is he never – sometimes he just doesn't answer the question. (laughs) He's one of those guys that he's standing up there in the front. It's lesfeldick.net, lesfeldick.net. He's in his 90s now. He's probably a contemporary of Chuck Smith. Um if Chuck, of course, Chuck died at about eighty-five or something like that, but uh, Les Feldick is is uh, is a very good uh, Bible teacher. Um, I uh, really enjoy him. Like I said, he he's kind of a summary type guy. He's standing up there with his Bible with zero notes and just he's bouncing from scripture to scripture to scripture. Um, he he loves rabbit trails just like I do. Uh, but lesfeldick.net is another one that I think you guys would uh, really enjoy. And there is a, another one, um, Grace Bible Institute. Grace Bible Institute, School of the Bible, uh, is the, uh, the website. Uh, and again, I'll link all these things. It's uh, Grace Bible Institute. It's schoolofthebible.us school of the bible us um it's actually a a bible institute uh it's free and you can actually uh take uh take tests and quizzes and things like that and receive a certificate so again he's uh probably even more a summarizer than Les Feldick is um but um I really enjoy that. Uh, the, the, he's out of Texas. Um, I forget his name. Um, but they actually have, uh, um, it's Jim Phillips is his name, Jim Phillips. And I'll put the link to school of school of the Bible dot us in my notes as well. So I'll have that for you guys. So, um, Anyway, it's just a little bit of a, a wrap up today. I have a interview. Uh, I'm not interviewing anybody. They're not interviewing me. I'm interviewing them <laughs> at seven fifteen this morning, which is in about thirty minutes. Or, um, so I don't have a lot of time today. But this is just kind of some wrap up uh, on the book of Acts. And again, you know, this was my first time going through it. Uh, without that filter. Um, And these are just some of my thoughts. The Book of Acts, not all my thoughts. I was looking at Randy White. I was looking at Jim Phillips. Uh, Jim uh, um, kind of, each of them have a different perspective, and I'm not convinced either one of them is 100% right. You know, it's just they have a different perspective on it. Um, But uh, so anyway, a mishmash here. The book of Acts is about God's revelation of transition from the national gospel of the kingdom to the individual gospel of grace. So there's a transition, like I said, taking place um, from this national gospel, which was preached by Jesus and the Twelve, Um, to this individual gospel that was preached by Paul and those who followed Paul. In chapter 1, we find the 12 uh, in their work. I guess when it starts, we find the 11 in their work in regard to helping bring about the resurrection or the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. And that's what it was all about. The prophecies spoke about uh, the coming Messiah, crucifixion, resurrection, restoration of the kingdom. Um, and that's what the the eleven were focused on. Of course, at that point, they chose Matthias to replace Judas, and they're given a promise from our Lord uh, before his ascension that they would receive power uh, to help them in their endeavor as they went to the nation. And then, in chapter two, uh, the promise of power is given as prophesied in Joel two twenty eight through I think thirty one thirty two. Which spake of not only the empowerment, but also the judgment that was to come via the tribulation. Of course, uh, that judgment didn't come. Uh, in Joel chapter number two, verse number 28, um, you remember this is what uh, Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost uh, when he said, This is that. Um, uh, Joel two twenty eight and afterward, I will pour out, let's see. Let's get the inspired version here. (laughs) I was comparing something. Um, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So, you know, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, these aren't drunken as you suppose, but this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And he quotes this. Uh, of course, he keeps going and says, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke and the smoke, the sun turned into darkness, you know, in Peter's mind, uh, that was what was going to happen. The, the 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 nation would repent, tribulation, you know, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders and miracles and the nation would repent and they'd come to the Lord and Dan- they'd roll into Daniel's 70th week and then the kingdom uh, would, be, would be restored. Um, so chapter number two, uh, that power is given. That was spoken of in Joel 2.28. Um, and of course, he spoke of that, that judgment that was going to come, um, which didn't come because God, grace, the church was inserted in the middle there. Uh, And then in chapter number three through eight, we find the apostles preaching the kingdom gospel to the nation in hopes that they would repent. But it becomes increasingly obvious that they will not after the stoning of Stephen. So um, chapters three through eight, you know, the apostles are under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They're going out and they're, they're doing these miracles and it becomes increasingly obvious that the nation is not going to repent. Uh, and then after the stowing of Stephen, we roll into chapter number nine, is Paul, and Paul is converted on the road to Damascus. And he becomes a believer in what was called the way that would also be called the sect of the Nazarenes. You'll remember in uh, Acts chapter 28 at the end of the book, he comes before the Jews uh, in Rome And he gives the whole story about he's not guilty of these things that he's being accused of. Um, And they said, well, that's great, but tell us a little bit about this sect uh, of the Nazarenes. And a few days later, they all gather, and Paul begins to share with them about this sect of the Nazarenes, these who were following the way. And then in Acts 10 through 12, the focus shifts back to Peter as his ministry is extended to the Gentiles, Peter actually does go to a Gentile, Cornelius, and the Lord was showing him um, you know, what was to come. Uh, but after that, Peter's ministry begins to decline, and the book shifts back uh, to Paul uh, from chapter 13 to the end of the book. Um, and again, that was the 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 God the the great commission was Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God's initial plan uh, was to use the nation of Israel, a kingdom of priests, uh, to reach the nations, and they declined that offer. So God raise up, raises up the apostle Paul to do it, and I believe ultimately Paul did fulfill the great commission in that he ended up to the uttermost. In Rome, and then in chapters thirteen to fourteen, for the first time, Paul ministers outside of Israel to both Jews and Gentiles. During which time, he receives the revelation of the mystery and proclaims it for the first time in Acts thirteen thirty eight. Be it known therefore unto you, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. And I believe that is what got Paul accused of preaching against the 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 law of Moses and preaching against circumcision was they was mistaking the message that he was preaching to the Gentiles, which was this hidden mystery for what he was preaching to the Jews. Now, you know, people will disagree with me on that, and that's fine, and I have the right to change my mind, and I probably will. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, then in, in chapter number 15, a meeting takes place in Jerusalem uh, when Paul is kind of, he comes back and he shares this mystery of the grace gospel with the apostles in Jerusalem, uh, not the B apostles. We're talking the A apostles, okay? Uh, and they agree uh, that um, Paul's gospel was valid, and they agree that they will continue to preach the kingdom gospel to the Jews, and he would take the grace gospel to the Gentiles. They only ask that Paul and those who accept his teaching to not do certain things that would be found highly offensive to the Jews. So that was chapter 15. And then in chapter 16 through 28, and this is something that I'm still working for, I have found that um uh, um uh, Jim Phillips, uh Grace Bible, he believes that Paul from that point forward only preached the grace gospel to both Jew and Gentile. And anyone that responded to that came into the body of Christ. Um, um And um, Randy White and Les Feldick, I can't nail him down on it. (laughs) Um, I think Les is just much more comfortable with not knowing. (laughs) Um, Randy feels, uh, as I believe, that Paul continued to preach both Gospels between, um, you know, chapter 16 and the end of the book. Uh, that Paul preached the kingdom gospel and the grace gospel, depending upon the audience. Um, you know the kingdom gospel, Acts seventeen twenty nine. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone or graven by art or man's device. And the time this times of ignorance, God has winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And if you you know you keep reading all that to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he would judge the world by the righteousness of that man. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I tend to believe at the moment that Paul continued to preach both to the end of the book. And then of course, obviously, uh, Acts sixteen thirty one, and they, and he, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So that's obviously a, the grace gospel. So, Uh, Again, there's disagreement as to what Paul preached going forward after he left Jerusalem. Uh, Some have said that while Luke is the presentation of the king, Acts is the presentation of the kingdom, and Romans is the history of the rejection of the king and his kingdom and the transition to the mystery of grace. So some would say those three books are the trifecta, Luke, Acts, and Romans. Uh, So... um, now, interestingly, Randy gives an outline that I found pretty interesting. Um, uh, that I, He says that creation through Babel, or Babel, depending on what part of the country you're from, uh, is how we got here, how we messed up, and how bad things got. <laughs> uh, Abraham through Moses is how God entrusted his people to, um, Trust that how God entrusted his plan for a savior within one family, in other words, God calls Abraham out, and it all becomes it all starts looking. You know, Moses starts saying, One day one will come like unto me, him you will hearken. You know, these guys started pointing to Jesus, um, his plan, and then Moses through Samuel, God has how God fulfilled his promise to turn that family into a nation. Um, yet the Savior never came forth. You know, of course, you know through you went from Moses and you went to the judges and and then you, uh, well, yeah, went to the judges and then you went to the kings. You know how God turned that family into a nation that was still looking forward. Prophecies from David, one will sit upon his throne. All of that, and then he says, from Samuel eight to Malachi is how God patiently dealt with that nation though they continually rejected his word and his ways. Uh, And then we arrive in the Gospels, how God finally sent, um, my screen just did some kind of shift, Um, how God finally sent the promised Savior in the Gospels, who displayed every proof of being both Messiah and Son of God, yet was rejected by that nation, put on a cross where he died, he was buried, he rose again the third day, after which he would send his apostles to the world to proclaim him as the promised king for the nation. That's what the Gospels is about. And then the book of Acts is how God set aside that nation. Why? But for a temporary period of time as an act of grace. In other words, Joel two twenty eight twenty nine came to pass, but thirty did not, uh, how God set aside that nation as an act of grace, uh, not providing the prophesied judgment, but rather revealing a, the mystery which would be a dispensation of salvation to the entire world. Um, so that's the book of Acts, and then Romans through Philemon. Written by Paul is how God has given instruction for living during this dispensation of the grace of God. Um, And of course, uh, that's what we're going to get into uh, when we roll into the Pauline epistles. And then Hebrews through Revelation, and this was probably the one that took me the longest to get my mind wrapped around, is uh, how God. is going to deal with that nation after this mystery dispensation has come to a close. And the mystery dispensation will come to a close with the rapture of the church, according to Thessalonians. Uh, And then God is going to be dealing uniquely again with the nation of Israel. And remember, Hebrews through Revelation were written by the apostles who were very much looking toward uh, the tribulation, the second coming, and the establishment of the kingdom. Um, so again, that's the outline of, of scripture, if you will, as Randy laid it out. And I found that to be pretty succinct and accurate. Uh, but again, I mean, that is, um, uh, how the book of Acts changes everything. And, uh, so I just encourage you to just continue to be a student of scripture. Uh, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I haven't met anybody that does. Um, but comparing scripture with scripture, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. And, um, I'm not going to take anything until I see it. I've done that enough in my life. Um, you know, just gonna make sure comparing scripture with scripture, be the Bereans, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, compared what the scripture said with what, uh, what uh, was being said to them. And I think we'll be wise if we do that and we'll grow together in the knowledge and the grace of God. So but anyway, just some concluding thoughts on the book of Acts and uh, give me a few days to kind of wrap my mind around how to start into the, the book of Galatians. Um, and we'll do that together. Lord willing. God bless you guys. It's good to see you. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, good morning, Matt. God bless you, my brother. I pray that you're well. Uh, Good morning, Scott. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Um, Yes, that is a biggie, especially the seven letters to the seven churches. That's right. There's... uh, you know, uh, probably the book of Revelation was my biggest challenge, and, and I'm not saying it's not my biggest. It st- still isn't. I've always looked at the book of Revelation. have a whole dissertation on it if you want to read it. Uh, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, the seven churches, past, present, and future, I think is it, and there's some big subtitle underneath that somewhere. Uh, but um, I always taught the seven churches as being past, present when John wrote them and even present, uh, uh, certain aspects of them today and yet prophetic future. So, um, this challenges that, uh, but again, I still don't know where I land. Um, you know, some would say the seven churches were non-existent when John wrote to them. Um, for example, Thyatira, um, but, you know, again, it calls everything into question. So anyway, God bless you guys. We'll try to do this together, and I appreciate you. I love you, and I pray that you guys have a great day. And And uh, we'll see. I'll I'll keep you posted when we're going to start the book of Galatians together. God bless.